Welcome to yet another edition of the Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Folks, welcome down the rabbit hole. And I am going to get straight to it today because <laughs> I hope you get to watch the video of this one. Uh, if you don't, it's on our YouTube page. Go check it out. But uh, Rob Graham is with me. And the reason I, I, I lassoed him uh, and, 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 uh, and, and practically begged him to join us is because we want to talk a little bit about uh, election security, and Rob got to attend a very, very special event recently, and lots of people had lots of questions, so I figured, what the hell? Let's put it all on the air like this and answer some of them that I saw floating around. Uh, but first and foremost, the official rabble rouser of the internet, Mr. Rob Graham. How you doing, bud? Hey, good to be here. <laughs> Coming from all the way across the county. At least a mile away. <laughs> we're, 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 no less, we're, we're no more, uh, no less than a mile, no more than a hundred miles away. Um, all right, Rob. So, uh, uh, I'm going to let people Google you. Everybody should know who you are by now. If not, then I, I can't help them. But, uh, all right. You went to a very interesting event. <laughs> you went to my pillow guys unveiling of the evidence, the great evidence that would, how did he put it? Uh, make, uh, all the, Supreme Court justices uh, overturned the election. And all absolute that. proof that the election absolute was stolen, that when the when the Supreme Court would see it, they would vote 9-0 to reinstate Trump. Right, right. So so tell us about this absolute proof. I'm dying to hear it. So th- there was none, of course, as you expect. <laughs> I'm so I mean, shocked. I mean, I, I would go there with an open mind saying, well, if you have proof, then we should all look at the proof, of course. But... It was sort of an implausible story to begin with. The story was is that he's got packet captures from all 50 states showing that votes were flipped. So we could see in the packet captures that the votes were flipped. And it was all 50 states. And it, indeed, when you look at the data, it breaks it down by counting. So it's like most counties in the United States have some number associated with it of hackers broke into this county and flipped some votes. Right. So that's implausible. Um, and, and I'm sort of on both ways on things. I, I kind of get upset with some people who say, well, none of these systems are connected to the Internet, so therefore it's impossible. Well, many are. So there is perfectly plausible that you have packet captures from some computers in the United States, election systems. But that's going to be like maybe 5% or 1%. It's not going to be 100% yeah. of everything in the United States. So you can find things here and there that, possibly have a packet capture opening election systems. Perfectly plausible. So I hate those that say that this is impossible. It's just the whole story is implausible. Yeah. But moreover, improbable. But moreover, he has no description about like how did precisely these hacks occur? What do, what do the packet captures show? Do they show like a 
it was like a shell, someone shelled into a box and you can see them type commands. Is that what happened? Or was it a buffer overflow exploit, like an RDP buffer overflow exploit you can see? You know, what is, you know, we have a story here and there was no story. Um, he has a video where one of his videos prior to the symposium, he's got this blurred out expert who's agreeing with everything he says. And um, so it's not the expert making a claim that Mike Lindell says, listen to what this expert says about the packet captures. It was Mike Lindell making statements about the packet captures and telling this, this expert to agree with them. Like, you know, these packet captures can't be changed. Isn't that true? The guy says, well, yeah. So he's sort of like bullying. He's paying people to say what he wants them to say rather than having a coherent technical explanation of, of what went on. I, I half expected uh, Greg Evans to show up and, uh, and be one of his experts. I, I, I literally did. Well, actually, most of the, the experts were partisan people. There were about 25 okay. Experts and they all seem most all seem to have been invited by some Republican organization or another. There's only two right. outsiders identified: myself and Harry Hursty. And Harry Hursty, okay. if you know, is the famously the guy who puts on the uh, DefCon Voting Village, and yep. knows and is very intimidating how much he knows about election systems, because election systems isn't like the technology that you you can learn in a in a few days. It's the fact that every county across the United States is different, and he's been to a lot of them. Yeah, that's one of the things that that struck me initially, and and um, about the, some of the claims uh, uh, right up front, right, was that reading through some of the certification process that states go through and counties go through. Uh, some use one brand, some use another. Some use actual computers. A lot of them have moved these giant iPad-looking things, uh, and and. It, it, I the 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 in general the way the election as I understand it is the election system is set up. It's it's all done individually. So, as with much of our democracy, our our democratic process, it relies on people to do good things. But in order for it to be massive fraud, it be it would have to rely on a lot of strategic places all over the country to do all these bad things. You know, I tend to believe in the in the in the goodness of the human, uh, and, and I look at this and go, "Man, that's a lot of good influence ops that you convinced a lot of people to do a lot of bad things." I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying there's like an evil villain somewhere stroking a cat, going <laughs> in this movie, and it's not just not happening. Well, that's an important point about election systems is that they um, the whole election is based upon our personal goodwill. The fact that right. most people are good, even partisan people, like the experts, the, the partisan experts in those 25 people, they were all more concerned about getting to proof than than pursuing partisan politics. In other words, the fact that they didn't get the data made them all very upset. There are two people who said, we need to sort of cover this up and not expose the fact that there were no PCAPs, whereas the rest of the people, you know, 20 people said, no, 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 no. It's a big deal that there is no PCAPs. So, yeah. it, you know, it's easy to, to, to laugh at the symposium, but it actually reinvigorated my faith in the goodness of people, that there are people that care, that, that by and large, even though Lindell's making this, these waves, by and large, the people there were more concerned about the facts of whether the election, whether there was a problem and how to have a secure election than to pursue partisan politics. 
So well, and and this is I, I guess this is a, a a good place to state that man, I'm glad that there's still some hope because if you look out in into into the into media, into Twitter, into press releases, into politics in general, uh, you'd think that this was you know uh, you know brother against sister, uh, mother against father kind of thing. Like it's you, and it's still a lot of the, maybe it's just the people that scream the loudest, right? And, and there's all these binary thinkers that you're either a left or the right, and you have to agree with everything on the left, otherwise you're on the right, or you have to agree with everything on the right, or you're on the left. And, and, and like, I, I think election integrity is is a nonpartisan issue, because whether you're on the left or on the right, you want to make sure you win with dignity, you want to make sure you win, right? Because if you lo- if if you win but you cheat, you know the other side's doing it to you next time, right? It, it, this is not. It's like a you know it's it's a double edged sword all the way through, and I, I feel like it's good. That is a system that ha- that can correct itself, um, I guess to a point. But I, I'm I'm glad that you have that invigoration going on. Well, as you say, um, we have this distorted view in the media and social media where everything is black and white. And what I see on social media is both sides are trying to bias the system towards their end. And at the same time, claiming that what the other side does is like some horrible thing that, um, you know, is, is, you know, unaccepted is like, you know, they're trying to break the entire system. And, and neither is, is, you know, they are, they are, both sides are trying to bias things, but not break things. Like, um, you know, if I try to get, if I try to make it easier for my side to vote or make it harder for the other side to vote, both sides are kind of doing that. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, like, um, mail-in ballots. Well, you know, you, you look at states like Oregon that, that do it, have been doing it for, for, for a, a couple of decades now. And so that's not inherently something that is, uh, can be broken. But on the other hand, they've got laws against things like ballot harvesting and stuff that other states yeah. So other states make it so that you can take a, a mail-in ballots and do bad things with them, like go to, to nursing homes that you know are full of right-wingers and pick up their ballots for them and, and, and hand them in. Or, oh, wait, wait, there's left-wingers there, so we'll just like conveniently lose the ballots. And so that yeah. there are ways for that people can disrupt the system that um, mean that, yeah, voting by mail would be good, but then a lot of... Uh, uh, proposed laws for vote by mail are actually bad. That's what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, yeah. So um, let, let's break down the tech part of this because I was I got very interested in uh, even beforehand there were claims, you know, kind of a kind of a pretexting, if you will, in the media before, months before the election about how it was going to be stolen and how it was going to you know technology was going to be used and it was going to happen from other countries and election interference and all that and and. Um, and so I started kind of you know, like I'm by no stretch of my an expert on this, uh, but I, I again looked at the different technologies. Right, you've got so there's the there's the actual place you in some a lot of counties, not everywhere, that have gone digital. Right, so you you touch the screen and it prints out a ticket of the things that you you did, and then you can kind of verify. Okay, yes, this is what I what I did, and I'm going to hand this in. Those systems are those things connected? Are those iPads or those screens connected to the internet in some way? So those are the ballot marking systems where right. you have a computer where you do the touch type and yep. you, you, you say, I'm voting for, for Donald Duck. And those are generally not connected to the Internet at, at all. 
except they are connected at some point to download the ballot because every county and sometimes places in the county have their own ballot. So, so it, it's, it's really a, this patchwork system where it's a lot of work before the election. Most election hacking, most of where the touch is, isn't the election day itself, like marking the ballot. It's everything that happens before the election to like set up your ballots or um, do the, the set up the um, election registration for voters. And then everything yeah. after the after the election to then do all the counting and move the counting the counts from precincts up to the county and then from the county up to the state. Those were all the the big things uh, that we don't see. The, the ballot marking thing that we see in front of us is kind of a the trivial bit of of things. And yeah, those so are we're not connected to the network. The biggest okay. thing is often they produce paper. You, you mark yeah. your ballot and that produces a piece of paper and then you move the paper over to the tabulator that then counts it. Right. So where was like, walk us through, where was the big controversy? Because, okay, so I'm pretty sure they were talking, not talking about the, the, the markers were, were the compromised piece. It was the tabulators. Well, it's unclear what Lindell's talking about. It's like hackers broke into computers and flipped votes. So it's, it's up to the rest of us to imagine what that that might be. Um, the, the tabulators then get collected to every county, and then the county then reports them to the state. So one plausible thing could be you hack into the county computers, and then from the county computers you change votes and stuff before they send the counts up to the states. Okay, but that's a I mean that's a lots a lot of counties, right? That that would be I mean I, I'm trying to think think, think of how many uh, how many counties there are in Georgia. I think there's couple of hundred, maybe a couple of hundred yeah, there's be or a hundred, something like that. Huh? Yeah, there's thousands around the United States. But if you're a, a state-funded actor like, actor like the, the China or the NSA, then you can you can do that. Because we all know that the NSA and China are all powerful. Yeah, yeah. You forgot Russia. And Russia. Um, yeah. So, but but that's the interesting part is I, I, I'm trying to, you know, because we've got CISA that did an analysis of this and, and various you know, actual experts have gone through and looked at the systems. And we were interested in, uh, those of us that were kind of following, we're interested in, okay, where is, like, let, let's not dwell on what is the claims that have been made because those have been debunked and we're moving on. But where do we where do we protect against in, in 2024? Like, what's the, what's the big opportunity for attackers in 2024? Is it, you know, going after uh, a company like Dominion or one of their competitors, right, that make these system, closed systems, is it trying to get into their source code, like a supply chain attack? Like, is it trying to hit these systems as they're tabulating on a kind of a, you know, 10,000 counties all at once, right? When the when, Like, where do you look at it and go, okay, here's the weakest part that I would go ta- attack? See, I would never approach it that way. I would approach it first of all saying, well, how can we uh, secure the election? And how can we make the uh, people confident that the election has been secured? So, uh, you know, the biggest part here is is not so much whether uh, fraud happened, but whether the public believes that fraud happened. Yeah. Is the the person who won legitimate or not? And so um, that's what Russia tried to do the 2016 election is they didn't care so much whether Trump won. They wanted to make it make Hillary's probable win to be illegitimate, to appear Ill- illegitimate. And this will happen that Trump actually did win. So 
But um, yeah, so, for them. so the thing is, is we can solve all these problems with paper ballots generally that if we have the paper ballots that we can then recount afterwards, well, it doesn't matter what hacking happened on election day. We can just go back and recount the paper ballots. Like in Georgia, they did that. They recounted the paper yeah. ballots. And so we know that as part of like the Lindell thing, well, if they flip votes via computers, like at the county level, but then the paper ballots don't show any flip votes, then that kind of, you know, make Lindell's claims, at least for Georgia, to seem improbable. So uh, if we have paper ballots that at the voting precinct, that everyone, when they cast their ballot, we can go back and recount them. That would go a long way, both preventing hacks from happening as well as uh, making people's confidence that the election was actually secure uh, better. Okay. Paper, I mean, we all kind of want to – there's been a lot of claims and a lot of cries for – why do we have to mail stuff in? We live in a 21st century. Why can't we just have, you know, why can't I go on an internet form, put in my social security number, my, you know, some other identifier and my two-factor auth and whatever and log myself in and cast my vote and boom, I'm done. I mean, I, I understand why that lends itself more to the, you know, hacking claim. Um, but it, 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 even if we secured it with a blockchain, which we all know is the solution to this problem, that's humor. It's the solution to everything. Um, that the, the, the public wouldn't have faith in it. So it doesn't matter if we actually had a secure election, online election system, the public just wouldn't have any faith in it. Well, I guess that makes sense. And, and, and you're right. That's, that's sort of what, where this is kind of, uh, where this wins, wins and loses, right, is at the court of public opinion. If it's a legit, if it's a legitimate election and nobody believes it, then is it does it does it matter? Right. One second. <coughs> Are you allergic to my rabbit over the uh, over the internet? There is that was that what's happening? It's either that or the COVID. Uh well, you know. No, it's just seasonal allergies. Oh, I hate allergies. So, uh, Rob, I, we're gonna—I mean, obviously, we're gonna keep this one a little bit shorter. But it's—it's it's interesting to me because there have been claims made, there have been claims debunked, and there's—you know—it's it, easy to make a, a claim, an allegation of I was cheated, and, and it, it seems like no matter no matter what the evidence presented, there is still a subset of the population that's not going to believe what you say, what anybody else says. Because they, they have this this mentality that my guy uh, won and, it, and, and uh, it, uh, the other option is infathomable. Um, where where do we go from here? Because 2024 is coming quick. And I mean, even 20, you know, even next year, 2022 and 2024, this the, are we being set up for this is more of a philosophical question. I don't know if it has anything to do with cyber, but are we being set up for another uh troubled election cycle with a potential uh, civil unrest because nobody one neither side will believe the outcome no matter what I mean how do we how do we put risks because they had uh, I listened to an episode of uh, um, the bulwark podcast Charlie Sykes if you guys don't listen if you're into politics that's one to listen to they had um, um, oh God I've just forgotten his name uh, Krebs on Right, and there he was. They were asking him about uh, sort of the, what they what the think tank that he got ascribed to, 
was was doing for the 2024 election. He's like, it's not technology. It's basically restoring people's faith. And it's a million little things that get people to believe what they see, right? Because it's it's basically the equivalent of street magic, right? Like, uh, um, you know, I just have to get you to believe that this card is going from here to here while I do this, boom, there it is. And that is not, I, I, I got to tell you, that that does not give me comfort. Well, my thing about this, I think there's only one thing, and that's basic civics, is I was in a room with these patriots that pledged allegiance every morning to the flag and to the republic. But what they were doing was attacking the republic because calling into question uh, the the, the election without actually substantiating the claims. I mean, if you can substantiate the claims, like in Belarus where they actually had a fraudulent election and where the evidence was quite obvious, the people went out in the streets. Those are patriots. But when you have no evidence, and so far the Republicans have none, you know, it's, it's zero results, none. It's all the suspicious-looking things that you don't yeah. understand that you think might be fraudulent, but there's no concrete evidence. When you call an election into question like that, you're destabilizing our entire country, causing civil unrest, and it's it's very much against our basic Republican values. Which, you know, the Republic means that there's two sides and that they transfer power, or more than one side, I should say, in power, more than one party in power that, you know, every few years you, you transfer power from one party to another. And that's what the Republic means is that our party is not always going to be in power. And right. if, if you're attacking this peaceful transfer of power from one to the next, to the next, to the next, you, you are attacking, you're anti the Republic. You're not, a, you don't have any allegiance to the Republic. The re- allegiance to the Republic means the fact that when the Democrats, those bastards, fairly win the election, that you say, yes, I'm against them, I hate the Democrats, but yet they fairly won the election, and I think it's legitimate, and we need to move on from here. And unless like both sides are taught this basic lesson that we live in a republic where people do not agree on things, will not agree, that there are significant issues that we have that we'll never agree upon, uh, and that's what being in a republic means, we'll never get beyond to, to... having a, a, a faithful election. Every side will then be free without proof, without any logic to say that the other side has been corrupt in our elections and are fraud or, or illegitimate. And it's both sides. Both sides need to say the other side is perfectly legitimate. And you see like in the yeah. press with, you know, against the Republicans now about it's, it's a huge outcry how the Republicans are illegitimate and they're not illegitimate. They are perfectly legitimate. I hate Trump, but Republicans are perfectly fine. Yeah, it's it's it is. I mean, this is kind of like the the, the general thing we learned in, in civics in a million years ago. It feels like that you don't have to agree with it, but you have to respect an, an outcome that that is you know rooted in, in fact. Right. right. It, it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter whether it's it's your the, your preferred outcome, but you have to respect it. And I and I suspect there will be much hand wringing and pearl clutching over the next uh, four, you know, three and a half years here over what's going to happen and how we're going to go next. But uh, I, I, I have faith in, uh, in, in the continued work of, of both CISA and then some of the election think tanks and some of the other things that will get us to a point where um, even if the, even if this, the, the, the public doesn't agree and, and can't seem to, uh, you know, can't seem to be civil, then at least our politicians have to, 
suck it up and just deal with well, it. I, I think it's up to, to all of us. You know, I'm a troublemaker on the internet because I do this a lot, but I think everyone no. can do that. Of that, even when someone's on your side, but they say something that, you know, um, attacks the other side to the point where in our, like our election saying, oh, the, it's the other side who are destroying our elections, that you should tell them to stop that. You know, yeah. to, you know, we need to respect the fact that they're other side. We disagree with them on important matters, but they are legitimate. We're legitimate. And that we, it's, it's up to us first and foremost to stand behind the legitimacy of our republic before we then attack the other side. Yeah. That, uh, you know, you know Rob, people are they're bastards, but they're, they're perfectly legitimate. Trump won legitimately in 2016 and then Biden won legitimately in 2020. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, before I let you go on this, I, I have to ask the all-important question: Did you buy a pillow? I did not buy a pillow. Oh, that you know, I have a feeling like I, I, some of this. I got, I gotta say, like he's if, if he's just trying to sell pillows, he's brilliant in that because he's got more exposure than anybody else that I think I've ever met in terms of just you know, a just nutty campaign. It was a lot. So there's a lot of pillow advertisements on the on the main screen, like in between things when they have the sessions. Oh, of course there were. See, look at lunch. There's all these pillow ads going. God. Can you really make a fortune on pillows? Apparently, the answer is yes. All right, Rob. I would say no, but I'm wrong. <laughs> As I often am. All right. Hey, thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for agreeing to talk about this. It's a, you know, uh, it's an interesting issue, and I. Uh, and I, and I hope you continue to be a, a rabble rouser on the topic because, you know, we need, we need experts that hate both sides. Yeah, rabble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, thanks. folks, for listening. Uh, this has been a very special edition of the Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast with my guest, Mr. Rob Graham. And um, I will post some show notes. Uh, you can read them at will. Of course, go check out our YouTube page and look at our uh, – LinkedIn page where we do a little bit of uh, discourse and of course, Twitter at DTSR underscore podcast. And uh, for James and myself, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys another time, another place on another down the security rabbit hole podcast. Ciao, y'all. As we fade out on another down the security rabbit hole episode, we'd like to encourage you to chat with our hosts and guests using the Twitter hashtag pound DTSR. Please check out the show notes, catch up on any episodes you may have missed, and subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Our website is whiterabbit.net, W-H-1-T-3-R-A-B-B-I-T.net. So on behalf of Rafal, James, for now it's goodbye. We'll see you soon on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast.